All right, welcome in to the AI podcast. This is Austin Coates, live in Kansas City, Missouri. Like we always do it, Isaiah Sanders joining me in Nashville, Tennessee for what is now week 63 of our podcast. Um, Isaiah, how does it feel to be a Super Bowl 57 champion? It feels absolutely glorious. Um, and now I have moved on from our Super Bowl win and I am abusing PFF's mock draft simulator. <laughs> the tide turns pretty quickly from uh, the end of the, the football season to uh, the draft combine to the draft. And next thing you know, we're talking about next year. Uh, it never ends. But yes, uh, always going to relish in this victory. And I took great pleasure at listening to some Philly talk radio uh, the week after the Super Bowl and just hearing people absolutely melt down over the game, um, over certain plays in the game, I'm sure you know uh, or have heard by this point. Uh, crazy conspiracy theories about how the groundskeeper was somehow, you know, tailored with the field and, you know, messed it up on purpose. Just some wild stuff. But alas, the Chiefs have quite a bit of time to soak it in and uh, call themselves Super Bowl champs. So with that, we're into the offseason. New show format. I think we're on the same page here, bi-weekly for a little while, while there's uh, not as much to discuss. Uh, That is, uh, unless the Royals all of a sudden decide that they're going to show up and actually have a season this year, you know, maybe I can hop on and talk a little bit more. But let's get right to it. The NFL offseason has officially begun, and it would not be an offseason without some Aaron Rodgers drama, would it not, Isaiah? No, it would not be. Aaron Rodgers is um, best, and that is holding the league hostage. Uh, oh, yeah. He's holding Derek Carr hostage mm-hmm. for sure right now. Derek Carr could technically sign with anybody right now. Um, but. Um, All these teams are certainly waiting to figure out what is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I have to imagine that he's going to end up on the New York Jets. Oh. Um, I think the Packers are ready to move on. Uh, You know, what they can get two more, they can get two rookie years out of Jordan Love, find out if he's worth anything at least because really they have not had any kind of sample out of him um so yeah i think they take what they can get um from the jets i'd imagine it would be the jets first round pick because even with the uncertainty of how long rogers is going to play you're still getting an elite elite quarterback so i would think it would take at least the first round pick to get that deal done yeah, and uh, it certainly would not surprise me to see him go to New York. And if the Jets should, well, really, any team that takes on Rodgers, is, it's kind of an all-or-nothing thing. You know, Rodgers is going to play, what, one year, maybe two more years at the absolute most, I think. Um, So you would basically say, you know, we're going for the Super Bowl this year, essentially, by signing Aaron, or trading for Aaron Rodgers. Um, and should he go to the New York Jets? Uh, I do tend to think that everyone keeps talking about Jordan Love, Jordan Love, 
Jordan Love's been a backup for what, like four years now? Uh, and we've barely seen the guy, except when he had to play at Arrowhead and his mom sat way up at the top of at the top <laughs> of Arrowhead Stadium. We saw him then. He wasn't that good. Um, but if Rodgers were to get traded to the Jets, at that point, you're looking at possible teams for Derek Carr as being, you know, the Saints, you know, maybe the Falcons want to ride, you know, try and get Derek Carr, although they have a guy that they may be trying out this year in Desmond Ritter. Uh, the Panthers, another option for Derek Carr. Where do you see the former Raiders quarterback ending up uh, if he is not in New York? So, um, A, I think if for whatever reason Rodgers doesn't go like – Derek Carr will go to New York. Um, outside of that, I would really be surprised if it's any team besides the Saints for Derek Carr. Like Carolina doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, they hired um, the Colts' former head coach. Um, why is his name slipping my mind Frank right Reich. now? Frank Reich. Frank Reich. Frank Reich. Frank Reich. Thank you. Um, Frank Reich, they hired Frank Reich, who, you know, did, a vet, did you know, three different veteran quarterbacks in three years, and that was a hot mess. The Panthers were doing the same thing um, with Matt Rule, you know, bringing in Sam Darnold, you know, re-signing Cam Newton, all this stuff. So that team makes no sense to me as far as, like, trying a veteran quarterback. I imagine they're going to be aggressive in the draft to get one of those four guys, um, or if Lamar Jackson were to become available, they might make a play at him. Um, so, but yeah, to me, for Derek Carr, it's the Jets. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't work out there, um, if not, I would just think he's he ends up on the Saints. Yeah, that seems kind of like a likely destination. Uh, maybe Tampa Bay. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of well, without. Yeah, Tampa. They're kind of without anybody that I've ever heard of. And they got some pieces down there, man. They got Godwin. They got uh, Mike Evans, who I believe are both still on that going to be on that team. So set up nicely for whoever should take over there. Um, one other quarterback that and you mentioned him in your explanation there, Lamar Jackson. Um, not I'm not all too sure what's going on with between him and the Ravens at this point. You would think that if the Ravens really wanted to lock up their franchise guy, they would have done it by now. I think maybe the guaranteed money aspect of things is kind of pushing them away given the injury history of Lamar Jackson. He has not played, I mean, maybe the year he won the MVP, but other than that, I don't believe he has played an entire season without injury to this point in his career. And on top of that, he hasn't even won in the playoffs. So, you you couple not winning in the playoffs with not being entirely reliable in the regular season, and I just don't think you're going to get the kind of money that he's asking for from Baltimore. Yeah, he's missed um, at least one game in every season except for um, 2020 season, actually, which is kind of funny, the COVID year. Um so yeah. Oh wait, no, eleven, yeah, fifteen games of that year. So he's missed. 
he's missed one game, at least one game every single year, including MVP season. But, I mean, he looked the league on fire that year. Um, so, yeah, health is a huge question. I think the fact that Lamar's trying to get a similar deal to Deshaun Watson, um, you know, getting a full, multi-year fully guaranteed deal north of $200 million, I just think NFL teams are very hesitant to do that. Um, and the Browns were an outlier, and I don't think another owner wants to go out there and do the same thing. Um, I actually – I was thinking about this earlier today. Like, I would not be surprised if the Ravens decide to move on from Lamar Jackson. Um, I could see them trading him if they can't come to an agreement um, I just don't think they'd be able to do it on a roster construction if they put him on the franchise tag. And so I could see him ending up in a place like Atlanta, for example, um, and the Ravens resetting, either bringing in, you know, if they know they're going to make that trade, potentially like Derek Carr, for example. Maybe they trade for Desmond Ritter as part of that deal um, and give him a chance. Maybe they take that top eight pick and uh, go get one of these rookie quarterbacks. So um, I just don't think the Ravens are one to be held hostage. Like this is an organization that has been excellent for the past, you know, 25 plus years. They have stability. So I think they're going to bet on themselves rather than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I agree. Um, and boy, if you would have told me that five years ago, that in five years, the Ravens would essentially be a non-threat to the Chiefs at this point, I would have I would have thought you were pretty funny. Because if you remember, Isaiah, back at the start of Patrick Mahomes' career, it was the Ravens and the Texans who were uh, threats to the Chiefs. And now it's really, the, it's really the Bengals and I would say Buffalo and probably the Chargers yep. at this point. Um but, oh, how the times change. Um, speaking of the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to have some key players that I believe are going to depart in free agency. Uh, one of them probably being Juju Smith-Schuster, who had just shy of 1,000 yards receiving for the Chiefs. Last year, Brett Veach added uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling to the mix. He had a okay year probably you know what you would expect from him kind of in line with his career numbers and then you know McCall Hardman's probably going to be gone I don't think the Chiefs are going to look to retain him and on top of that you got Sky Moore yep you got Kadarius Tony, who if he could just stay healthy I mean I don't think you could count on him to be a major piece of your offense because of his injury concerns. Um, of course, you have Travis Kelsey, but this wide receiver market is particularly weak. Um, so what do you see Brett Veach and company doing this offseason? Do they go out and try and pursue one of the wide receivers that are available? Do they look at the draft or... Do they somehow acquire somebody through a trade? With all, you know, they have a ton of draft capital this season, so a, a trade, you know, would could be possible. Yeah, 
a trade certainly could be possible. You know, the Cardinals are said to be wanting to move on from DeAndre Hopkins. Um, if they could make that work salary-wise, that would be a huge acquisition. I'd be surprised if that happens, to be honest. Um, I could easily see them bringing Juju back. Um, it'll be – I'm curious how much demand he'll have in free agency – it might be a little bit higher this year because the general wide receiver class is kind of poor at free agency. Like Jacoby Myers is arguably the best free agent wide receiver. Um, so that might drive up Juju's value on the open market a little bit. Um, outside of that, like I could see um, the Chiefs targeting a guy like Darius Slayton, um, you know, former Giant that has been productive, has been a good deep threat in his career. Um, but his skill set a little bit overlaps with MVS, but they can easily get out of MVS's contract, actually, if they want to. Um, outside of that, um, DJ Chark could be a name. He's an outside guy. Um, but I really expect them to you know, count on rolling with, for sure, We'll see a lot more Sky Moore next year. And um, I would think they need to at least bring in another veteran just because, like you said, with Tony's health. But I also expect them to use one of the um, – either their first, second, or third round draft pick on a wide receiver. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some mock drafts already that have the Chiefs taking Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee – if he's available at that spot, which who knows if he will be. Um, we'll but, see how he runs at the combine. He might set the combine on fire and shoot up that draft board. That's true. Um, I would like to see, you know, the one-year prove-it kind of deals are nice, but it's also something to be said when you have a core group of receivers who can learn this offense. Um because I do think it's kind of complex in a way, and it takes some time to get on the same page. So we'll see what happens in that regard. Uh, the other thing on the defensive side of the ball, Chris Jones, his contract is set to expire at the end of this year. Um, one question for you here. Do you think that the Chiefs are going to try and work out a new deal with Chris Jones to keep him on the team long-term, or do you think Chris Jones is going to end up on another team come, come next year? I don't know. I think they will do everything they can to bring Chris back. Um, he is a foundational piece of that defense. He is the foundational piece of that defense. Um, he, you know, frees up Spags to do a lot with different pressure packages knowing that, okay, you know, we'll be sound on the interior with Chris Jones, even if we're getting a little bit exotic off the edge, um, doing different things. And, I mean, he was instrumental in the win against the Bengals. Um, key sack over on Joe Burrow a couple times. So, I just, I can't see them wanting to move on from Chris Jones. Uh, if for whatever reason, like, the contract numbers get, you know, too high, like Tyreek Hill-esque type thing. Um, you know, obviously, maybe then they'd have to explore trading him. But I think Chris has the desire to stay in Kansas City. Um, 
Sorry, I just got a phone. But, yeah, ultimately, I think he stays in KC. Yeah, that would certainly set the the tone for that defensive line moving forward. A couple other guys probably not going to be back on the team. They'll probably move on from them, but we'll see how things go as free agency kind of opens up. Of course, the franchise tag period is now open. So we look to see some movement there and see what they're going to do with that franchise tag. Um, I kind of think it might be Orlando Brown. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, I really I really don't have uh, a desire to see him on the team long term. So what do you think? Do you think the Chiefs use the tag on Orlando Brown? And if so, do you think he actually ends up playing on the tag or do you think they try to move him? I think he'll end up playing on the tag again. Um, a little bit because centers and guards don't make as much. And so I expect um, them to try and tag Orlando Brown and um, he very well could play on the franchise tag this year, especially with both him and Wiley being free agents. Um, I would think they are incentivized to keep Brown around for another year, even if it's not coming to a long-term deal. Yeah, I could see him doing that. I could also see them retaining Wiley for a, for a, uh, a little bit of money, not a ton, not a long deal either then tagging and trading Brown for either more draft capital to go out and draft somebody or uh, or maybe even some kind of a, a package as well. But obviously, I don't think it really matters that it's the blind side for Patrick Mahomes when he runs all over the place anyway. Um, but I don't know that you're going to be able to secure anyone who is at the talent level of Orlando Brown currently as it stands for the price you want. So it might just be wise to uh, to sit with them this year and then we'll see how things go as far as the future is concerned. So before we get out of here, I want to talk about your favorite sport, which is uh, baseball. Uh, spring training is up and running. Uh, the Royals, Isaiah, I believe, are like 5-1 and one in spring training. You know, they're doing the yearly thing where they – they perform great in spring and get everybody all excited. And then here comes April and May and there goes the excitement. Uh, but MLB has uh, instituted some new rules uh, this year, namely the pitch clock. So if you're not familiar, I believe this pitch clock is 15 seconds. The pitcher has 15 seconds from the time they get the ball back from the catcher to throw the next pitch or to start, I believe maybe even to start the motion of the next pitch. Meanwhile, they call it a hit clock, a hitter's clock too. The batter can leave the box, can, uh, I believe can step out of the box, but they have to be in the box in alert with eight seconds left on that pitch clock. Otherwise it's an automatic strike. And we have already seen umpires enforcing this, Matter of fact, a game ended on an automatic strike uh, between the Red Sox and the uh, Indians, I, or excuse me, the Guardians, I believe. Whoa! I know I'm getting a little Whoa. getting a little political here, uh, <laughs> but 
as someone who is maybe not as of a fan of the sport, we've seen games, what baseball games take three, four hours at times, depending on how things go. Spring training, I believe the average game has been two and a half hours. Um, and it yep. just speeds the game up. So as someone who is not as much of a baseball fan, what does this kind of rule change do for you? Well, I personally love the rule changes. Um, you know, that is a complaint about baseball is the speed of the game. I especially did not like it. I also um, love that they banned the shift. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, great. Got rid of that. Um the larger bases, I don't really get. Like, that just seems unnecessary, like probably wanting more offense, whatever. I get that, but I feel like you're doing enough with the shift and everything and speeding up the pace of play. So, um, and also, one thing about the pitch clock, I know it's also, they get 20 seconds if the runner is on. 20 uh, seconds, if yeah. There are, yeah, if there are runners on, otherwise it's 15. But, I mean, I love the idea of it you know, being sped up. Am I going to tune into more regular season games? No. Am I going to tune into more playoff <laughs> games? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The playoff games. So that are... means I won't be watching any Royals baseball this year, oh, but well. that's fine. <laughs> okay. You say that now, but we'll, we'll cut the tape and we'll talk in September maybe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so those playoff games can really get out of hand with the length of the game. Um, and they instituted the rule a couple years back about the pitching changes where um, if you are if you're brought in from the bullpen, you have to finish the inning pretty much. You, there's none of this, you know, you, you're facing one hitter and coming out for the next guy. So I do like that. I do like the banning the shift um, because let's be honest, a lot of people are like, well, why don't you just hit it to the other side? Uh, you have never played baseball before a day in your life, if you're saying that. Yep. Um, yep. So it just happens, okay? So now you can't have more than two fielders on either side of second base. How they'll probably get around this is putting someone directly behind the base. Um, but it's supposed to incentivize more offense. There's supposed to be more offense because uh, obviously a lot of the balls that are hit into shallow right field that would normally be base hits uh, last year were outs. So uh, I look for that to kind of speed things up and probably benefit the Royals. The Royals had a couple of really hefty pole hitters who were left-handers who hit into the shift quite a bit. And uh, I look for that to to possibly uh, benefit them in that way. So lastly, before we get out of here, this is not on the script. But last year, you made the bold prediction that the (laughs) Kansas City Chiefs would not win more games. Well, first we allowed it to be Brady Singer. And uh, then Singer started off in the bullpen, and then we made it Brad Keller. You said that because the Kansas City Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill. I was very salty. (laughs) That they would not win more games than Brad Keller in 2022. And I am here to tell you that that is not the case. Matter of fact, uh, I believe they won as many games as Brad Keller lost, uh, which was 14 last year. Um, So 
Yeah. You you changed allegiances because of that briefly. Now very convenient that you're back on after a Super Bowl victory. I don't like that. Uh, hey, I rejoined before that, but, you know, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, but do you have any uh, spicy takes? What What's your, I believe the Royals over under in Vegas is set at 67 and a half. Uh, last year oh, they... Ham- they hammer the under. Are you serious? Hammer the under. You've got to be kidding me. Um, this, this is a garbage organization. Okay. You know what? I'm not, I'm not here for the slander. Uh, I believe the Royals. Okay. They went 65 and 97 last year. Their over under wasn't like 72. I took the over. I lost. They're putting the over yeah. under at 67 and a half. That's only two. That's only three games better than last year. I have to think they can do that. I'll take the over. I'm calling it right now. 72 wins. For this organization so that would make oh, him wow 72 72 and 90 high ex- baby high expectations coming out of austin coates household 72 and 90 you know what isaiah if we can just finish in third place i think i'll call it a win you know that's that's kind of a loser mentality but i'll call it a win if we can just not finish in last or fourth but uh with that time to get to the final play Brought to you not by a single soul. Isaiah Carson Wentz uh, (laughs) was let go by the Washington R's over the weekend or a couple days ago. Uh, And for some reason, the Kansas City Chiefs emerged as favorites to make this man their backup quarterback. Uh, Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Isaiah, is Carson Wentz a good NFL quarterback? Uh, he is not. Um, has he, aside from the year that he was with the Eagles, ever been a good quarterback? Uh, he was a decent quarterback at North Dakota State. Okay, well, you know who, who they play in North Dakota State? If UMKC had a football team, they would be playing UMKC because they're in the same conference. So there's some there's some perspective for you. Yes, they probably won some national championships while he was there. But I digress. Carson Wentz will not see the light of day in the NFL again. And matter of fact, I suggest he uh, maybe check out the XFL. Uh, I do believe the USFL is going to start up again. Uh, So maybe, you know, edit the resume a little bit. You know, get on there. Edit that bad boy. Get ready to pass it out. Uh, if not, the CFL, always hiring uh, former NFL QBs. I hear there's also a, a American Football League in Mexico he could probably try out. Um, but if not, Isaiah, Carson Wentz might want to go get that real estate license. Start studying for that exam because I don't think he is, uh, I don't think he's ever seen an NFL field, at least as a starter, in my opinion. Uh, not good. Just simply not good at all 